Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As many people celebrate Thanksgiving today, many Native Americans have a different perspective on this holiday and what it means. Among the challenges Indigenous people face is keeping their cultures alive. From the Central Valley, KVPR's Alice Daniel has this story about one tribe and its people. Jennifer Malone mostly goes by her English name, but she has another name in Wakchumni. My Indian name is Hayalich, Hayalich, and that means like a summer is Hayal. So my great-grandma named me Hayalich because that means summer. I was born July 31st. She can't remember where the name Jennifer even came from. Her mom mainly called her Hyalic. Especially when she wanted to get my attention, Hyalic, she would say. <laughs> when I was in trouble, I guess. Her mom, Marie Wilcox, was at one time the last fluent speaker of Wakchumni, but she taught relatives the language and for years pecked away at a computer one letter at a time to write a Wakchumni dictionary. Wilcox learned it from her grandmother, who died when she was seven. It amazes me how she remembered all of these words, you know, and to be able to put into a dictionary, because she was just seven. Wilcox died last month at 87. Now Malone teaches the language and shares it with the public at events celebrating Native American culture. In the prayer she sang today, in front of students at Fresno Pacific University, she gives thanks for the good people here and asks that the language survive. Not many people speak Wakchumni, Malone says, and it's like that with other traditions, like basket weaving, something she's done for years. This one here is one that I made for my mom, and um, she used it for her popcorn and her chips. And just Many of the elders who taught the craft have died, she says, and natural materials like white root sedge, redbud, and deer grass are getting harder to find, especially without pesticides. The redbud shoots are often split with the teeth. I do put it in my mouth when I size it. I put it in. I, I size it down or split it, and so we don't can't use anything that's been poisoned. Drummer Delane Bill says he didn't learn to play until he was 40 years old, when he was in recovery for alcohol addiction. It was a gentleman that just handed me the stick, and I didn't know what to do and how to do it at a recovery home. And he said, here, just, just sit down and start drumming and singing. But it drew me because... A lot of us walk around and say, oh, that's just a drum, but 
I walked up to the drum and the gentlemen that were singing and stood there and listened because it it just sounded really, really good, really comforting. At 57, he's been sober for 17 years. He now teaches drumming to people in recovery at the Fresno American Indian Health Project. He says the undermining of Native American culture dates back in part to when the U.S. government removed indigenous children, like Bill's grandmother, from their homes and sent them to boarding schools to assimilate them into mainstream American culture. And a lot of us just still hate it today. Hate what? Hate the transition of being who we have to be um, because it's not us and we feel it and we know it. So we're, we're like living a fake life. Um, for what? I don't know. The question of how to keep one's culture alive comes from a student who approaches Malone. You know, like how, do you, how do you keep that alive, like your culture? Malone nods to her grandchild. I'm with her every day, and if she don't learn something today, then I pound her on the head. <laughs> she gestures to a sign in front of her with some words in Wakchumni on it. And that means that we are still here. For the California Report, I'm Alice Daniel in Fresno. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. For those who celebrate, Thanksgiving is often all about friends and family and lots and lots of food. With that in mind, we asked some prominent California chefs how they spend the holiday. Last year was the first year I was home cooking Thanksgiving since I met my wife, right? We've been married for 15 years. So every year, it's always, I've always been at work. They, my, my wife and my daughters, they come into the restaurant later in the evening and we sit down and have our Thanksgiving meal. That's become our tradition is having Thanksgiving meal here at One Market because I'm never home. That's Mark Doman, chef at One Market on San Francisco's Embarcadero. He says while he enjoyed last year's Thanksgiving, he's happy to welcome back guests to his restaurant today. In fact, when the California Report spoke with him earlier this week, he had just gotten 700 pounds of turkey delivered. And speaking of turkey... I have to say, I'm sure I'm not the only chef that says this, but cooking a whole bird like that, it's never going to be perfect because the breast and the thigh cook at different times. 
Mika Talmor owns Pamela, a Middle Eastern restaurant in Oakland. She says instead of turkey this year, she's actually making paella when she gathers with friends, family, and her staff. So if you're cooking at home, what's the best way to prepare a Thanksgiving feast? Chef Suzanne Tract owns a jar in Los Angeles. I mean, things like like stuffing or if you're making a soup, you can make that a day ahead. Soup you can make a couple of days ahead. But, you know, get it out of the ball so you can, you know, you can relax a little bit, too, and just, you know, smell the turkey roasting on Thanksgiving Day. And one last message. Here's Mika Talmore again. Don't lose track of what's really important because it really does not matter that you have seven sides. No one cares. And if they care, they should not be excited. Because no matter what's on the dinner table, it's who you're spending time with that makes today special. And that is the California Report for Thursday, November 25th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. And on behalf of all of us here at the California Report, happy Thanksgiving. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor. PersonalCapital.com. SF MoMA presenting the world premiere of Joan Mitchell, a stunning retrospective of over 80 works by the trailblazing painter who made art on her own terms. Learn more at sfmoma.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at schmidtfutures.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.